Welcome to No Cartridge Audio. My name's Trevor Strunk, uh, Hagelbon on Twitter, and with me, uh, for the second time, my second recurring guest, uh, Hazel Monforton, who we're thrilled to have back. And uh, Hazel is at Hazel Monforton on uh, Twitter. Hazel is with us today because uh, she actually did something I'm pretty sure a lot of us would dream about doing. She wrote for a major title. Is is that correct? Yep, that's correct. I was one of the writers on Dishonored Death of the Outsider by Arcane Studios. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, one of those uh, one of those E3 uh, announcements that I think uh, went over about as well as any E3 announcement can. Um, <laughs> you didn't, I didn't see any of the any of the normal like uh, sniping or yelling about frame rates or anything like that. People just seemed pretty amped to uh, to go kill the outsider. Yeah, the response was um, was really positive. It's been really lovely to see that. Let me ask you a question. It's it is the is the title um, "Death of the Outsider"? Is that meant? I think this is an obvious answer. <laughs> is, that, is that meant to to inspire like uh, shock from the fan base? I think it's it's meant to. I didn't have anything to do with choosing the title. That was the creative oh, director, right, sure, Harvey Smith. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I guess just, I was just asking. You your, uh... I was not. I was not consulted. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I, from from my understanding, it was meant to get to the point um, and tell you, you know, what's what about mm. uh, what we're going to do and, you know, how we're going to do it. And the trailer was very to the point. Um, yes. You know, badass supernatural assassins uh, going on a, a big mission to uh, one last job to kill um, the sort of quote unquote God of the series. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool. I, I don't, I don't know how you're going to, uh, I don't know how anyone could, could make that more enticing. Uh, <laughs> that was, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that got across. <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's it's like Ocean's Eleven, but um, also it's supernatural but and magic, it's a video yeah. game and, and magic, and yeah, no, I mean, it's it's basically the game that I think it it's the game that I always expected everyone would say when I ask on the on the Patreon only episodes when I ask if the what what game you'd you'd most like to create or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and we don't have to do that this time because as I said to Scott Benson <laughs> before, you you sort of have had a hand in in uh, in that already, um, but uh, but. Yeah, like the um, it, it 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 always I always assume people are gonna say like ah oh, I'm gonna do like a whole like it's a heist but the heist is magic and it's in space and like no one ever says that but I always think like man that would be the game I want to play like just that has all of the tropes I like somehow living together. Well, I think I think you're gonna enjoy this one then. <laughs> okay, cool, excellent. Um, so uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what it's like, uh, what your role was, how how you sort of um how the experience was writing for the game, um, uh, maybe on a day-to-day basis, maybe on sort of like an overall basis. Is that, that's like the whole podcast. What, is that the whole <laughs> if podcast? If I answer this in 10 minutes, oh, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> give us, give us an overview and I'll pick things out that, okay. <laughs> that I want to expand. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so I was one of two writers. It was uh, me and Anna McGill, um, who is a wonderfully talented, very, uh, knowledgeable uh, writer who's written on um, a lot of other projects, and I was really lucky to to be working with her. Um, and we were working under um, a lead narrative designer, Sachka Duval, um, who was also the lead narrative designer on Dishonored 2. And obviously, we were working under Harvey Smith, the creative director for um, for Dishonored 2 and co-creative director of Dishonored 1. Um, so my experience as a contract writer, so I was not in the studio during the process, uh, was very, um, it was kind of limited in that mm. it was, I was, I was in constant contact with, uh, with the narrative designer and with, um, 
with creative director about what needed to be done and when and how it needed to read and what information it needed to impart. Um, but uh, I was I was more or less left on my own, and I think this is this speaks very well of, of uh, Sachka's skill as a, a lead narrative designer. Um, in that I was allowed to sort of pursue what I found interesting about mm. the tasks um, at hand, and so if something didn't sit right with me, or if I had another idea, um, I could absolutely come to Sachka or Harvey and ask them, "Look, can I can I do it this way? I think it'll be more interesting." Um, and I think a part of that is because they knew how passionate I was about the world and about the game. And so they kind of trusted me to take that passion and write something that wouldn't, you know, would be interesting to read and would read as passionate and, and involved and interesting. Um, so my day to day was sort of just getting tasks doing tasks. Um, <laughs> I would get, you know, I would get short descriptions for, I wrote a lot of the um, dialogue for the main characters, um, and which uh, was cool. sort of a back and forth prog- process with, uh, with Sachka and Harvey. Um, and I would get a description about what the scene would have to, uh, what the context of the scene was, what had to be imparted in terms of information the player had to know, and, you know, at what point in the plot was this occurring, and uh, then I could kind of um, I could kind of come up with what I thought was interesting again and um, and pursue the kind of themes that I felt that it was moving towards, um, mm. which was again uh, supervised by by Sachka Duval. She was the kind of uh, the brains behind that that operation. But um, otherwise, I had. I, I had like a fair amount of creative control over what I was writing, which was really exciting. Um, That's very cool. It was really cool. Um, it was really, really cool because I loved, <laughs> you know, because I loved this game so much. And so it was so, so exciting to be able to bring what I loved about it to its, its next kind of um, part in the story. And uh, I, yeah, it was just really fun. It was... <laughs> Well, yeah, and we were we were talking a little bit off air about how like you you think part of the reason that you got the job was because you were so into the 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 lore of Dishonored to begin with, um, right? Like that was like a, that's a that's a major sort of like interest for you already, even prior to to writing on the on the series. Yeah, um, I I I just really love Dishonored, man. I've loved Dishonored for like five years, and uh, it's great. It's great, and so I'm sort of living a little bit of a fanish dream. Um, <laughs> In, in that I was, you know, I, I loved it so much that I, you know, merged with it. <laughs> uh, and, You're like uh, basically playing the writer plot of war games. Like yeah. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, I, I think I, I sort of, um, I, I don't even know how to like explain how I got on this project because it sounds so literally unbelievable um, mm. because I was just minding my own business on on Twitter, loving Dishonored vocally, and just, um, <laughs> I, I sort of, you know, Twitter's a fantastic networking tool, and I think with all of the uh, the Nazis and shit posts, we sort of forget about that. Um, yes. <laughs> and believe me, I was... Yeah, I was well into the shit posts as well. It's not like I, I, I joined Twitter with the express aim of of getting hired onto something like this. That, w- that would have been ridiculous. Your Twitter um, was... Is, is, Pure professionalism, just all day long. Yeah, that's 
Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> sure, sure. sure. Yeah, let's, okay. Um, <laughs> I, uh, but I, I sort of, I made friends with Harvey Smith, you know, mm. and uh, he, he kind of, I, I'd written, um, I wrote an article for PC Gamer about the outsider as a, a character, as an expression of the ancient Greek social ritual of uh, pharmakos. Um, oh, cool. And uh, so if anyone listening wants to check that out, that's on, you know, I think uh, Uncovering the Meaning of the Outsider, Dishonored's Misunderstood God is the, the title of that. So check that out. Um, nice. And, uh, I will. <laughs> good. Um, yeah. And I, uh, so I wrote that in December. Um, and I think, but by then I'd already, I think uh, an earlier draft of that had gone on Twitter as a kind of tweet thread and uh, then got storified. And then, it, then I, I eventually wrote it up as a full article. Um, and I think that was one of the ways that Harvey got everyone else in the studio on board with hiring me, like got, got Sachka Duval on board with hiring me onto the project mm -hmm. because it showed that I had this understanding of the lore and of the themes that they were going for. Um, but they didn't know if I could write. They didn't know if I could actually write creatively. And I think uh, I, I was quite, um, yeah, which is pretty, that's important. Um, and so when, um, when Dishonored 2 came out and I made a little side Twitter um, to just to, to you know, live tweet my playing it and my reactions. And a part of that um, side Twitter, it was, it was at Harvey's request because he he didn't want to look at it if I if I said anything really negative, um, <laughs> but so he eventually just followed it anyway. So I don't know, um, but uh, yeah, I just I I I I had a lot of things to say, some some positive, some negative, and there was a point I think where Harvey um, he said to me, "Well, someone who's has that many opinions about writing can't be bad at it," and I'm like, "Oh, I don't know, like." <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel don't the know, same man. way. I have a lot of about writing, and I don't think I'm very. I, I wouldn't trust me in the studio. Um, yeah, like how many how many literature PhDs can actually creatively write? Oh, not, not many. many. Not many, no. I imagine. And so, so I think that was a bold leap on Harvey's part. But I, I'm I'm happy. I'm glad he he did that because he liked my writing samples that I, I sent over, and that got passed around. And then then I got you know invited to come and work on this project. Um, That's so cool. It's really cool, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's like I you can you can geek out a little bit. About I mean, it's I'm really still geeking out about it. I'm still like I'm like I'm still like fanishly hyped over. Um, the death of the outsider. Like I'm really excited to play, and it's like I know exactly what's going to happen. I, I've I've written a good portion of it, but oh my god, I'm so excited to play this game. I want to see yeah. what it actually looks like. I want to see what the animations are. Like I, I'm um, I'm really excited. I'm just really excited. <laughs> it must be fun to like one of the. I mean, it's it's a uh, what what would they call it? Uh, maybe like a. Uh, a pleasurable tension or like the, I, I, the Victorians I'm sure had some word for it, yeah. but um, uh, they, they always did. Yeah. They always uh, did. yeah right. But the, uh, you know, they're, they're playing any game with arcane. I'm thinking of, uh, of prey, which we talked a little bit about off air mm. um, and how much we both liked it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just finished that. And, and the way I end up playing any game um, like prey or like dishonored is I like, there's a part of me that's constantly panicking that, I'm doing the wrong thing to get more uh, side quests. And I know that's not particularly the way that 
is the most productive or thematically uh, honest way to play a game like that. Uh, but truly, it's like it's a it's a holdover in my lizard brain from you know <laughs> learning to play uh, video games at a young age on the Nintendo, and then like learning to play plot games with Final Fantasy VII, where you know if you don't do the right dialogue tree, you can't get Yuffie or you can't get uh, <laughs> uh, Vincent or whatever. Right. Um, so so I, I, it always happens, and it must just be like. Yeah, that tension's out of it, and and the games actually acknowledge that tension and and sort of make you make hard choices that you know will you know limit. I mean, Prey does this quite a bit. Um, you make choices, and it limits the dialogue you get in the future or changes mm-hmm. it dramatically. Mm-hmm. Um, the but it must just be so interesting to be able to kind of, and I guess you haven't experienced it yet, but I imagine it will be <laughs> interesting to kind of like embody that world and live in it. Um, without worrying about like, oh, you know, like, am I missing this dialogue tree? Am I missing that dialogue tree? Like, you kind of know what the general shape of it is, and so you can kind of just, you know, exist in it in a world almost. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm not looking forward to it in the way that I was with Dishonored Two, of just like, oh, I'm going to explore every little nook and cranny and find every little little bitten piece that's um, hidden in this game, because I I sort of know it by this point. Well, of course, yeah, um, I would would imagine. I I sort of, yeah, but I, some of them, I I don't know where they are, or like, I I don't know where it's placed in the game, and I don't, Mm. uh, or I haven't heard it because I wasn't sitting in on that particular recording session with the the actors, Um, and especially with the dialogue with the main characters, like I I was, I I sat in on recording with Rosario Dawson, for for Billy Lurk and and mm. Michael Madsen for for Dowd and Robin Lord Taylor for The Outsider, which was very thrilling, yeah, um, and a, a lot of fun. Um, but I don't know what any of those conversations sound like strung together. Like it was all very separate because you know you can't you can't we you can't get these people in the same room together. Like <laughs> oh yeah, um, and I imagine that's like that's not even all that common on you know yeah no. or animated. I mean you you don't need to so no. why, why would you? Yeah, right. so you don't. Um, but um, so I, I don't know what the, the conversations sound like as conversations. I just know mm. them as lines, um, which I'm really, really happy with the, the, the writing and the performance and the delivery and everything. But I just I just don't know what it sounds like yet because I'm not in the studio um, uh, listening to listening in on all of that and uh, and watching the animations come together and the, the scenes and so on. But uh, so I, I am really looking forward to seeing how what I wrote, um, comes out and the kind of finished process of uh, of the, the beginning that I, I was a part of um, with the writing. So yeah, yeah, I can only imagine. <laughs> it, it must just be it's it's sort of like that. Uh, it's a little like that creative fantasy of um, I think a lot of us have as I don't know, like maybe not, I, but like a lot of nerdy kids or kids <laughs> that are sort of into ultra uh, stuff. Like I was really into comic books, and my my fantasy always was like, oh, like if I could write a comic book and really watch like the characters I love come to life under my own kind of <laughs> vision. Um, and of course, as you grow up, you find out that like, well, you're never actually going to write Spider Man, even if you could write Spider Man, you're never <laughs> going to write Spider Man in your own vision because he's corporately controlled, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but this is like almost the purest version of that, where you're just like yeah, you exist is- in a world, and then you get to you, you really get to put your mark on it. Yeah, it was um, pretty much an actual dream come true, just in terms of, like, if I told myself, like, five years ago, like, hey, this game that you're playing 
that you don't think much of right now, but will in like a month, like <laughs> you're going to write for this. You're like, what? That's silly. That doesn't happen to people, but it you're did. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, really that's cool. weird. Like no one, that doesn't happen. Like it did. Hold, what? <laughs> that's amazing. Um, so like I, I've already had, since I, the kind of the minute that this was announced, I immediately kind of shouted it from the rooftops. Um, because I, I, I'd I had imagine. to keep this quiet. Yeah. Cause I had, I had to keep this quiet and like, you know, I, I had to tell, you know, my boyfriend and my best friend, like, um, kind of very small details because they were just, I, you know, I, I just, I had to tell them why I was going to Leon for a week. Like, <laughs> that, that would have been a like weird thing. <laughs> it's a secret. It's a secret. Yeah. And, <laughs> and especially cause my boyfriend was like sitting next to me when I, I got the contract. And so I couldn't be like, don't look at this at like, <laughs> yeah, I can't tell you. Funny. That would be funny <laughs> if you got like extremely excited. He was like, Hey, what are you excited about? <laughs> I, uh, nothing. Nothing. I nothing. <laughs> Why are you dancing around the room for? Like, I'm just in a good mood. I don't know. Can, can I be in a good mood? No, I Yeah. So, so, you know, they knew uh, what was up, but right. Uh, otherwise, you know, I couldn't tell anybody. And I, I still have a lot of friends from uh, the days when I was involved in the kind of dishonored fandom um, online. And so, I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell him anything. And, and I'm oh, just like looking good. at, I'm looking at my, my friends speculating over what is going to be announced or what might happen next. And I'm just like, Oh, that's an interesting theory. Uh, I don't, oh, I, I don't, I don't, I, there's, I, there's no way I could know what's happening. Like, it's, yeah, um, everyone's like, why is Hazel like speculating? It's, it's kind of yeah, weird. No, it's like, yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> I couldn't really, I hate being wrong as well. So I couldn't just, blatantly lie i think i only lied yeah. to one person um who who asked me a very pointed question and i had to say i had to say no also i lied to you in our last podcast that's okay i <laughs> I, thought, I actually really like I, I i feel like on some level you feel bad about that because you've mentioned it a number of times but i also um i also think it was funny because you were so convincing and i was just like yep that's thesis stuff for <laughs> that's you the thesis. it was no. it was just a, an amazing lie it was just seamless yeah. I'm I'm very good at lying about doing my thesis work, so that's well, that's yes, been that's a skill that you have that's to a learn. Skill that you have to, yeah, absolutely. Where it's just like, yeah, I've absolutely been working on my thesis. <laughs> yeah, I've been working on my thesis for six months. I've been writing this video game. Um, <laughs> Did, yeah, there's there's a lot of um, I, I I always I think one of the graduate school things that most troubles me uh, in the experience is that you you lose the thread of what's a lie and what's the truth in terms of procrastination like yeah the truth just doesn't really matter at some point it's it's like uh you you just sort of repeat you repeat your same you know couple lines to everyone around you enough and then eventually it's like oh yeah no i am that far along and then yeah, you, exactly. you sit down in front of your 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 project manager or whatever you're using and it's just like oh boy this is a reckoning like yeah, i'm not that far along <laughs> Oh yeah, wow! Like, the feeling yeah. I always liked was, uh, was oh, you know, I need downtime in order to like that's part of my working process. And then saying that because I wanted downtime, and then realizing it was part of my working process. <laughs> and then the third thing was realizing I had taken way too much liberty with that. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm at it. that last bit now. Like, I felt really guilty about taking downtime, and then I felt. Like, no, I have to, I have to be good to myself in order to have the mental energy. Now I'm just like, I'm just, just being lazy. I'm just straight up being lazy again now. Like, 
But I, my, I told my supervisor, I actually literally told my supervisor about this project because I had to. She was one of the other ones who I sort of had to tell her why I wasn't doing any work. And it's like, so I've been working on this video game. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and I sort of, I told her very light details because I knew that if she understood why it was tangentially relevant to my, my, my thesis, then she would understand <laughs> why right, I loved exactly. it so much. Because yeah. I do, I do write about violence, and I write about scapegoating, and I write about um, uh, cycles of, of of violence and emotional kind of contagion. And I write, I write about those things in Virginia Woolf and Angela Carter. And I feel like those themes are very relevant to the Dishonored series, um, which is Absolutely. also partially why I got into it so much because I, I recognize these patterns that were familiar for, to me from my research, um, and. And so I sort of told my supervisor very lightly about what I what I liked about it and and how exciting it was and and how it could lead to other opportunities after my PhD and you know and I would actually be making money on like anything else I could be doing after my PhD you know like, <laughs> that that probably convinced her right away <laughs> that that did absolutely convince her um, she was very happy for me so oh that's like, good okay, yeah she's like no focus on this I understand this is really important but then you gotta you gotta do your yeah, thesis. And so I actually saw her a couple days ago, and I um, I hadn't I hadn't done any work. I just straight up I hadn't accomplished what I wanted to in no, that no. time. And so we didn't have anything to talk about. But um, but uh, she knows that I'm I'm working. I'm, she knows that I'm working. She knows that I'm I'm quite stressed out. Um, so she's very she's she's uh, yeah supervisor Pat Watt at Durham University. Really lovely lovely woman. Really great researcher. Um, uh, the meeting went as I predicted with me showing her my uh, showing her the trailer from E3 <laughs> and just like smiling sheepishly like this is what I've been doing for the last six months <laughs> like she must have been so know. impressed she, she was actually she actually really she thought it was cool yeah yeah <laughs> it's it's funny having you had a, you had a much bigger one it's funny having like the video game conversation with uh <laughs> with your advisor like I I um, I uh, when I suggested writing about video games, my advisor was like, oh, I don't know, like, <laughs> you know, it's just digital humanities. It's just like kind of a dead end field. And I was like, no, like there are jobs there. It's like, it's useful. And he was like, Ugh. all right, give it a try. Okay. And then we read the work. He's like, he, his, uh, his comment, which I'm sure I've repeated before, because it's my favorite compliment. <laughs> was He said, uh, he said this, he's like, now understand, I don't know anything about the field, so it might mean nothing. Uh, I've literally read nothing in it. He's like, but this is the best possible video game criticism I could imagine existing. Oh. And I was like, oh, thank you. That's so <laughs> nice. Like, yeah. yeah, it was very sweet of him. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 a fun conversation to have in the academy being like, I'm working on video games, and yes, it's serious. Like, it's yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I wrote my, my only academic publication, because I, I mentioned this last time, I was on the... Uh, um, the the paper I wrote about Outlast, um, yes. which was a chapter in um, uh, academic uh, collection on video games, um, yeah. So my supervisor knew I had this interest going going back, and that I, I took it very seriously in this way. And so I think she that's really helpful. Yeah. So I didn't kind of drop this on her out of the blue. She sort of knew that I video games and academia were like my two things going on all the time. So like. Mm -hmm. It, it <laughs> it's a really nice dovetailing. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, I was going to ask you about lore, but we can ask that. In a, we can talk about that in a second because there's a nice okay. organic question here, which is: okay. Do you feel like you're so the video games inspire and help the the academic work? Like I mm -hmm. I get that and relate with it so much. 
Um, do you think the academic work helped you in your writing on Dishonored? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. Yeah, because as as I um, as I mentioned, like these themes that I that I research, um, I felt uh, were definitely uh, very integral to the Dishonored series of uh, you know violence and and scapegoating and all of these things, and especially with the character like the outsider, like I, I argue in my PC Gamer article that he he exists to fulfill a social function of scapegoating, um, and so uh, to then work on this uh, project where the outsider is the assassination target and the kind of um, themes that develop out of that um, premise, uh, I found my research incredibly helpful to sort of have this kind of well to draw from that I could sort of um, make interesting and make more nuanced this uh, this idea. And um, I think that is, again, partially why I was hired, because I, I do have this academic background and Arcane um, is sort of known for hiring people outside of games who have a a strong passion for games, like they hire people who trained as architects and, and, and classical painters to come and, and work on their projects. Um, and so I think um, I, I definitely brought my academic practice into into this game. And so I'm, I'm really excited to, I'm excited to see how people react to it. Um, yeah. I, think, <laughs> I was I think told there was one, there was only one, sorry, there was only one uh, moment where I was asked to write something uh, and I, I wish I could tell you what it is because I just think it's funny. Um, I was asked to write something, and I wrote this this very very overwrought sort of academic prose for it because mm -hmm. I felt like that would be funny. And I yeah. got that was the only th only thing of this nature. Like I, I wrote a lot of little in game texts and lore books and stuff that didn't. It was kind of like okay, yeah, that's good. We'll we'll take that. It wasn't didn't go through a process really. Um, and uh, but this one, I got feedback was like, could you tone it down? Like, <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's fair. So I did. <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah. No, I, I think that's great. Like, it's, I feel on some level, and this is, of course, um, you know, take it with as, as many grains of salt as you want, because, I mean, you, you and I essentially share a background. So mm. <laughs> uh, you know that this would, this you know, where this might be coming from. But okay. I feel like in a lot of ways, um, the humanities get, uh, get a bad rap or get uh unfairly caricatured um as i mean of course uh, as useless or as as eggheady or as disconnected mm. um and especially in games i think they they come part and parcel with this um mm. i don't know this stereotype or this this miscomprehension that making games smart or making games socially uh concerned or, or something like that excuse me carries with it this risk of uh you know making them too specialized or, or bringing them up to an elite or something like that mm. um and i'm really interested to see your pros I, i'll play this i i actually uh promise you this i will play this on uh, on release date okay, um <laughs> I, I, no i mean i've never had a game where a friend's uh, done writing on it and this is really really exciting you're probably um, gonna like really love some something and you're gonna come to me like hazel this is fantastic i love this bit and like i didn't i didn't write that you'll be like oh that was that was what i like oh, that, that was yeah that was, that was that someone else i didn't do that no yeah. <laughs> but i'm really excited i'm really excited to see I'm really excited to see an action and I won't, I won't say like how it works because I know it will work and I, I've seen it work in my own work and I've seen it work in your work. The, the sort of times we've talked on the podcast and, and your tweets, like the, 
the ways that academic thinking or like thinking deeply about something and thinking deeply about the the sort of social structures and the cultural implications of a thing and its histories actually really like enhance a narrative and enhance that sort of like world building process that mm-hmm. um, we, we see so uh, well done in, in arcane works. Yeah. Um, I've, I can't remember where I read this line and I'm really annoyed because I want to attribute it to the right person, but I read it on Gamma Sutra like ages ago um, and it was describing good game design as good pedagogy. Hmm. And I think, um, I mean, I've done a, I've done a limited amount of teaching, but part of, you know, part of any essay structure is leading someone into an argument in a way that's kind of cogent and doesn't overwhelm them. Right. Um, unless you're writing about like Derrida, then you can just do whatever the fuck you want. Um, yeah, because <laughs> basically the title where they see Derrida in it, they're like, well, I'm in. Like that's well, my that's my entry level. I gotta, I gotta. <laughs> either either you're gonna read it or you're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, I think. Uh, I forgot what the question was, but I think. Oh no, you were, <laughs> talking, about, was going with this. You were um, talking about pedagogy and, and and gaming. Yeah, so I I think what I tried to do, and what I think a game narrative um, should try to do, is to kind of it, it, it. There's a level of work that the prose and the the dialogue has to do that isn't necessarily present in other media, like it. It, it has to tell the player what to do next um, in as, as explicit as they want, but it should, you know, lead them to the next process in a way that is organic and makes sense and isn't frustrating and won't yeah. make them put it down. And that's, that's a limitation and that's difficult. But what I like, what I like that Arcane does is they give you, I think, they give you uh, pegs to hang things on that it, especially with the world building that it lets you it's a kind of a light enough touch that it lets you think about and explore it in your own way um, in a way that is interesting to someone who just wants to play because they want to play a badass supernatural assassin which is cool or someone like me who is just has you know these grand theories about how the outsider represents ancient greek social ritual like <laughs> right, sure um, and so that's one thing I loved about Dishonored is that it, 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 it's for players, it's for all kinds of players, including people like me who, who love video games and love them for their narrative and also love them for the kind of stories that they can tell. And um, so I, that's what I tried to do. Well, that's what I was encouraged to do, actually. It didn't come naturally to me. <laughs> like when I, when I was approaching these, these, um, these uh, assignments, because I, the text had to do a certain level of work, but also read naturally, but also be interesting to someone like me, but also be interesting to someone who is the exact opposite of me. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and so that was a challenge. But I think you have to do that in any kind of teaching where you have to engage um, all kinds of learners and all kinds of people um, in the thing that you're really passionate about. Yeah, I agree. I actually, I really like this, this, uh, this, and that kind of like metaphor of, of, uh, or that analogy of teaching it, or I'm sorry, of uh, gaming as a kind of pedagogy or, or, or teaching experience. Um, mm. and I, I like the way that you describe kind of coming into it. Cause, uh, you know, I know that the, um, the, it, maybe I'm actually wrong here, but I, I, I imagine, or I, I think I've heard that the British and American systems in terms of like what you teach in, in graduate school sort of mm-hmm. differ, like you do a little less teaching than us. 
Uh, we're not required. Um, okay, okay. It's encouraged because it's you know it's good for your CV, but it's not it's not um, it's not mandatory. So okay. I, I've done a, a little bit of teaching. Um, okay. Enough yeah, to know that I didn't mandatory. really want to do any more teaching, <laughs> undergraduates at least. But yeah, you you did you did just the right amount of teaching then. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, no, we're, yeah. So we're required, and and the the interesting thing about that learning curve, I think, even for people who feel they're good at it or bad at it or whatever, um, is that around your like, I don't know. For me, I guess it was around my second or third semester teaching. I realized that. I had been losing most of my students because like, or losing them in certain key places because yeah. like I hadn't really been thinking about the class as something that they needed, but more so as something that I was giving them. Like I yeah. was thinking about it through my, my sort of experiential perspective. Um, and yeah, you have to do that. Like, of course you can't mm -hmm. like, you can't, you know, become an 18 year old and, and <laughs> produce that for them. But uh you have to also kind of like think about like, okay, so like, what are they trying to get out of this? What am I trying to get out of this kind of like key mm -hmm. out, um, you know, goals and perspectives in your own mind and, 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 and try and merge them. And I think that's the way that you explain your writing, especially the part where it's like, it has to be appealing to me, but it also has to be appealing to someone who's the exact opposite of me. Mm -hmm. Like that kind of empathetic um, impulse is really difficult, but really, really important to, to good teaching and to good games. Yeah. And it's, it's very hard to strike that balance. Um, I don't know. I don't know how people will react to Death of the Outsider. Like I love it, and I think people, I think the friends that I have in the fandom will love it. Um, but then I, I don't know how someone who isn't me will <laughs> react to it, um, or isn't you know someone who I know and who I know is as, exactly as nerdy in exactly this specific way as as I am. Right. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm I'm hoping that people like it, and even if they didn't play it to have these deep thoughts about ancient Greek social, social ritual and all of these things that I, I love, um, that, it will make them, yeah, um, that it will make them think a little bit about the themes that we are trying to lay down. And, um, and I just, I, I want to give them that, you know, peg to hang a thought on, even if they walk on by, like, cool. I want it to be there. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. And I think that that's a really nice way of explaining what well, I, I find. Uh, and I'm not just saying this because, um, you know, they were they were kind enough to let you talk to me about this. But um, <laughs> I've always really liked what I really like about um, uh, Arcane as like a, a, a studio is that they present they, they do a really good job of presenting these themes without making them making them like mandatory in a certain way yeah. I, I don't know exactly how I, how I would put that but the mandatory is the closest I can get where like there are some games I'm thinking of like the early sort of run of JRPGs that the themes just kind of hit you over the head like <laughs> you could scroll through the text and not read them but like if you read the text it was like okay we're talking to you about existentialism now like sit down <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get into this um and what I love about like your your description about scapegoating in the in in Dishonored, you know I played Dishonored, but I, I really played it very casually. Um, you know I read every note. I, however, mm -hmm. I could play a game casually because you know grad school has so ruined my brain that yeah, of course I, I can only play things <laughs> extraordinarily in depth as a, a quote unquote casual experience. <laughs> um, but uh, but you know I wasn't I wasn't necessarily looking for for the deeper themes. I wasn't writing about video games at that point. I was really just kind of doing it as an entertainment, as a relaxation experience. So, mm -hmm. but when you mention it, I'm like, oh yeah, of course. Like 
there are a million ways that scapegoating works in that in that story mm-hmm. from the outsider to Corvo to to you know any number of uh, positions in in the game there's the choice between stealth and violence of that's like an issue of like cycles of violence and the the benefits of aggression versus the their clear downsides um and like all that stuff it's like yeah of course like it's all there and it all stayed with me i mean it's been years and years since i played it um but it was never like it's never you never get like a dialogue where it's like okay corvo i'm gonna sit you down and talk to you about scapegoats yeah it's 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 very uh, very organic it's very organic and it has this light touch where if you want to see the patterns and make this um connection you absolutely can and i think like you know like a good novel they it it doesn't uh hammer appointed you i think oh i can't remember this quotation uh, either i can't remember uh i'm sorry i can't attribute anything to um <laughs> to it's the okay. people who said them but uh, i heard this uh, in my uh introduction to the novel uh class that i taught and one of the um uh kind of early introductory lectures that i also attended with my students was uh talking about how a novel, um, you can't nail anything down in a novel because it will either kill it or it will walk away with the nail. Um, <laughs> and so I feel like um, a, any good video game will also do that. Any good video game story will also do that in that it um, it doesn't uh, proselytize, it doesn't kind of um, hammer the theme at you but it allows you to come to these conclusions and come to these thoughts organically through its exploration of these ideas. And mm. I think Dishonored is naturally an exploration of violence. Um, and so scapegoating and exclusion and uh, kind of violent cycles become a natural part of that examination. And um, you, you can make those connections in the game or you can just play the game. Like, um, and then, you know, there's, but there will always be people like us who can't, whose casual experience is always going to be looking at these things really deeply. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. For, for anyone who thinks that we're bragging about this, it's, it's much more, well, at least from my perspective, it's much more of a curse than a blessing. Yeah, it's actually an enormous burden. <laughs> it sucks. I think that someone told me at the beginning of, of uh, graduate school, the graduate school ruined reading for them. And I was like, well, okay. that'll never happen to me. Oh, it, it does, does, though. Yeah. yeah no, I, not fun anymore. I, find this, I find it really funny because Dishonored came out in, in 2012. And I think I finally picked it up in kind of... Uh, in mid 2013, I think after some friends had been like, Hazel, you have to play this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and my PhD started in September 2013. And so Dishonored and Dishonored related activities have been the kind of greatest um, menace to my PhD <laughs> since it began. Um, you know, Leading when I first, yeah, <laughs> when I first, yeah, exactly. When I first, uh, moved to, to, to Durham to start my PhD, I bought a, a, an Xbox 360 and I, and I rebought, uh, Dishonored, um, just so I, cause I wasn't done messing around with it. And then <laughs> Dishonored 2 came out and now I'm on this project and it's just like, oh my God, it's, it's just been this, this is the thing that's been keeping me from my doctorate for <laughs> It's the outsider. The outsider. (laughs) Exactly. Well, now we're going to kill him. So I will get my revenge. (laughs) Oh, like, wow. Did you you plan that? Or I, if I'd planned that, um, I would have been the smartest person on earth. 
I just no, I just stumbled into it. I, it's just what happened. That's incredible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> tell me, I want to ask one more question, and then and then I'll let you go. But the all of this is super fascinating to me. I could talk for hours, but um, uh, and I'm sure people just are. I I would in in their shoes really like to listen to this, but I I think it's really neat. Um, I I'd already had a bunch of people. Um, uh, ask me like, oh, how do you get into the games industry? And I'm like, I have no idea. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you just give them a Twitter I, answer very carefully. You just keep <laughs> you keep posting on Twitter and maybe <laughs> like, don't live like me. Don't live like me. No, don't do that. <laughs> just 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 send ads to your favorite uh, designer, and if they're nice, they'll uh, they'll <laughs> want you to come on. It's like it's like people ask how I get podcast guests, and I was like, well. Most people just really want to be on a podcast, and like the time, the first, the first time I had a guest was Scott Benson was talking about something, and I was like, "Hey, come on my podcast and talk about this." And he was like, "Okay," <laughs> we're like, "Wow, what? That was awesome." I was like, "It really wasn't. Like, it was, it was the yeah. dumbest possible way of doing this, uh, and it worked for some reason. Uh, and it, it, exactly the same way I got you for this episode, I was like, "Hey, yeah, can we much. talk about this?" And you, and yeah, sure. instead of saying no like many people <laughs> you were like let me ask so i've yeah. just gotten lucky too it's it's not uh, <laughs> but also it's your talent and i think i think if i were to if i were to parse or uh, peel away some of the the very you know admirable humility there i would say you know it's it's very um encouraging that one way to get into the games industry is to write extremely smart things about video games. It, it, it suggests it suggests a um, it suggests an industry that actually is like concerned with getting better. Yeah, which I mean, is, I, hopefully, is nice. yeah. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do next, but hopefully, this leads into something else. Um, and yeah, I would I would love to keep working on games and continue thinking deeply about them. Um, mm. So yeah. <laughs> Well, I'll 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 let you end on. I know what one of your favorite things is. Uh, tell us a little bit about what it was like, um, because we were talking about like the the process of it before we were recording, mm. and it was a little more complicated. I thought you just wrote the lore, and then of course you kind of explained to me that it's a much more top down, uh, yeah. kind of complicated position than that. Like you know, because of course I'm I'm have no idea what's going on. I just assume you know <laughs> one person writes everything in a video game. Oh, um, no. <laughs> yeah, just, sometimes, I'm, sometimes, but not yeah. not this project. <laughs> no, no. I mean, more and more that that seems like it would be it would be unwieldy. Mm. Um, but ex- tell me a little bit about um, and you could you can give them a mechanical experience too. But like, just what was it like, kind of being able to live in and engage with all the lore that Dishonored has? Because I know you wrote a lot of it in the game. Yeah, I um, a lot of the new stuff because um, it does it it does reuse a lot of the uh, the text from from Dishonored two and Dishonored one just to because they have that's part of the background of the the story and the setting. Yes. Yeah, sure. Um, but a lot of the kind of new stuff is stuff that I wrote, um, and it was either kind of expanding on other things uh, that they'd written. I sort of wrote I wrote a bunch of kind of sequels to some of the in game uh, books that exist already, um, cool. and I, I wrote. A lot of kind of uh, just little little investigations into little details um, that I thought were really interesting and um, would give the player a little a little peek into how the the characters sort of view their world. Um, and I, but these were all kind of non-essential in in a way. Like they're not. You don't have to read them to understand the story or what's going on or what you need to do next in the game. 
Um, but that's what I found most interesting uh, to work on uh, to sort of help flesh out this world. Um, again, under the direction of uh, Sashka Duval, who who came up with uh, what we should write, and then I just I just sort of typed up the wrote the text, you know, um, and because uh, I just want to stress that I, I don't have as I don't have as much control over um, with the plotter or or a lot of things in this game. I just was uh, given assignments and um, sure, yeah, yeah, but. Um, and I'm really, I was really happy um, to work alongside so many talented people uh, at Arcane and uh, and um, to create this world with them. And that was, and to be a part of this um, this project was really, really uh, humbling and really, really uh, wonderful and such a great experience. And I couldn't couldn't have asked for more. It was really lovely. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's wonderful. I can't think of a better note to end on. Um... Well, Hazel, thank you so much for coming on. This was really, really great. I, I, um, I very much appreciate it. And again, thanks to, uh, thanks to Harvey uh, and and Arcane and and everyone involved for uh, allowing you to come on and and yeah. talk with us a little bit. Um, it was really fun. Um, and you know, I really am looking forward to. I won't say I hope you get another job in gaming because I'll just <laughs> say I am looking forward to hearing about your next credit. <laughs> thanks. Thanks so much for having me on. Just, uh, just to remind everyone, it's Dishonored. Death of the Outsider. It's coming out September 15th, a uh, standalone game, and you play Billy Lurk as the protagonist, and I'm really, really excited to see uh, what everyone does with the story and how everyone uh, interprets what I've, uh, <laughs> what me and, and the other writers have come up with. So, yeah. <laughs> and I'd ask if you have anything else to plug, but I imagine it would just create just like a bigger, you'd have to lie and say like, no, no, it's just dishonored would really like you're, <laughs> you're single-handedly programming no, like a whole. I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you again. It really is the thesis this time. <laughs> okay. Well, um, okay. good luck at that. I, I, I know you'll do well. Um, and you know, in a way, uh, Dishonored, uh, Death of the Outsider can sort of stand as as a chapter in and of itself. Um, a version of a chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, in any case, thank you, Hazel. I can't wait to play it, um, and I hope everyone else uh, picks it up as well. 